Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. What's the latest, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the In the Paint Show presented by Ball is Life. Ronnie, rain sucks, but it's really good for this closet because it's not hot at all today. We're feeling good in here. Um, And we've got the audio issues fixed from last week. Um, If you guys listened last week, I'm sure you. it sounded like I was in a fishbowl like 40 feet away from the microphone. We apologize for that. But we should be all good on this one. So, Ronnie, what's the latest, man? Uh, yeah, I'm glad that it's a little cooler. Obviously, everybody, hopefully, you guys are give yourself some time to drive around Southern California and other places. Don't be crazy out there on the road. Uh, it's going to be a little colder. Give yourself a little more time, a little wetter. Uh, if you, again, as we like to say when we go to the gym, if you're real sick, please don't go to the gym. Just... Or at least well, stay, or we'll at least talk about away it from me. We'll talk about it a little later. You don't have to go to games as much this year. Yeah. Especially yeah. if you're in California and, you know, you like Southern Section games, you like the big-time teams, you like, uh, you know, if you have a few streaming devices, you could pretty much stay at home or on your smartphone and watch a lot this yeah. year, as yeah. we'll get into. That's one of the topics we'll get into, um, you know, Devin, what did you what did, when you were younger? What games do you remember seeing on TV? High school, high games? school basketball. Do you remember mm-hmm. a game? Did you even see a game? Not really. When I was younger, no. Like yeah. I, I think the, I mean the one game I remember when I was younger was the Pango Stream Classic and going to that. Got you went to, to it. The, yeah. yeah, going to the Southern Section finals or finals something. and going to the City Section finals and, and things like that. But as far as watching a high school game on TV, yeah. I was before that yeah. happened. I, I'm I'm young. I'm thirty. Yeah. How old am I? Thirty two. Yeah, uh, <laughs> but yeah. Before that, no, I I I went to games just as I'm doing now. I go to you way to too many games. I mean, you went to games this this week alone, Ronnie. I'm gonna be in six gyms in six days. Yeah, well, that's good. I mean, it's good for your credibility. It's good for you know watching guys under under the radar, diamonds in the rough, things like that. Yeah, but that's what I'm all about, and you know that everyone knows that. So I I go watch maybe games that other people don't watch. I'm kind of like you know. Frank in the in that term, I'm a masochist when it comes to that. I just, if I'm not in the gym, I feel like I'm I'm gonna miss something. So, uh, yeah, I'm 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 gonna be a little bit everywhere uh, the next I don't know, you know, month, month. two months, yeah, three months. December is very busy. Yep, kind of streamlines a little bit in January and February, then get into the playoffs. Yeah, uh, obviously seasons kicked off around the country. Um, you know, we're gonna have a guest on talking about one of the better. Vents a little later on the show, uh, you know, Thanksgiving weekend. And we kind of mentioned that in the past as we released the preseason Fab 50 that Thanksgiving is a huge weekend now. So I'll be updating first set of in-season rankings that Monday, which would be the first, I think first or the second, whatever that Monday falls on. So I uh, hope everybody has a good uh, Thanksgiving, you know, holiday weekend coming up. Um, you know, I was talking a little bit about those high school games, Devin. Obviously, uh, I, I kind of tweeted about it the other day. The Southern section here in Southern California uh, got to put together a TV deal with student sports who I worked for um, at a college. Uh, you know, it was a game of the week and they actually did the Nike extravaganza 
1997, and did some basketball games. It did the ones I remember is the regional final with Artesia, and um, yeah. it's Capono, and it might have been Westchester. Uh, Artesia versus Westchester was uh, you know Tony Bland was playing. It was 98. Uh, they did a lot of Tyson Chandler games to Dominguez. I remember uh, Hernandez, Chris Hernandez and Clovis West beating Tyson his senior year. Uh, that game was on Fox. Uh, the game with the late against the late Eddie Griffin was on Fox. So it was uh, Roman Catholic of Philadelphia versus Oak Hill. That mm. was on TV. It was number one senior versus number one junior, and Dominguez won that game. Okay. So there was games like that. Then, like you said, we got into the early 2000s, and there was not too many local games on TV. And then um, ESPN got a whiff that, you know, this kid LeBron James was blowing up. He was going to be the biggest name in high school basketball in quite a while. So they did the old kill game. That's speaking of ESPN and, and the company they worked with, Paragon Marketing. They did the old kill versus LeBron game his senior year early in the year. It was December. And um, LeBron's team handled him pretty well. We we'd we'd started uh, them pretty high in the Fat Fifty, but other rankings didn't have them very high because LeBron didn't win the state title as a junior. They got upset, so you know how that is. If they had won, they'd have probably been a little higher, just like now. Yeah. Or if they lost, they yeah. you know prove it a little bit. But they were much better, and they got great ratings. I remember that they got great ratings for that game, and it was built of a lot of momentum. He was actually on local channels and on cable there in, in Ohio a lot. And then uh, his his highlights started being shooted to Sports Center. So now he was almost on Sports Center every game. A re little recap like that high number one high school senior in the country, LeBron James. So it became kind of big. And like you said, people build it up to the Pangos Dream Classic, which was the first week of January. And um, there was over twelve thousand eight hundred people at Poly Pavilion. They did it on on uh, ESPN again or ESPN two, and uh, it was the biggest. Uh, Highest attended regular season game in California history, as far as we know, you yeah. know, looking it through Cal High. As you said, there was a buildup for it. There was. It was big. It was against Modern Day. Modern Day went on to win the uh, D2 state title. They were in D2 at that time. Uh, oh, in Ohio, you know, uh, they LeBron got suspended for two games for accepting the throwback jerseys. I don't remember. remember I back. remember that. Yeah, yeah, he got suspended. So I was like, oh, man, they're going to lose because they were number one in the country. They won two close games against a good a good team too. They won one game against a very good team, and then he came back the next event because they were like, "What's he gonna do? Is he gonna sit out and just prepare for the draft? Is he gonna come back?" He wanted to play, and they played against Westchester in New Jersey, who ended up winning the D one state title. And LeBron had fifty two points. Damn, that's crazy. You know, LeBron had his best, probably his best overall game. So it just kept building and building. So like yeah. you said, Devin, there wasn't very many regular season games. The next one I kind of remember that was a big game here was uh, Kevin Love against Modern Day yep. at the Stravaganza. at that You were one. probably at that yeah, game. Yeah, of course. You know, I was there as a media member as I was the previous some of the previous games we discussed. And then, you know, it kind of been a lull, but that, this year it's going to change. Um, last year, KDOC did a lot of local games, KDOC Channel 56. And... Um, you know, we're going to feature, uh, we'll talk about it in a minute, but Sierra Canyon is going to be on ESPN quite a few times. Obviously, streaming is better. It's better quality. It doesn't, you know, people yeah. have better streaming services. So we'll get a little bit into that. Um, it's going to showcase, obviously, a lot of the top guys. And speaking of the top guys, uh, you know, number 550, number 21, Rancho Christian. 
is going to be on ESPN3 against Christ the King. Um, that is from Hoopal on Saturday, December 7th. Uh, Rancho Christian is also going to be on, again, versus uh, Sierra Canyon on the 11th. And that's interesting because they might play two times in like 10 days, Devin. Potentially, if they meet in the Damien Classic Final, because January 11th, they meet December 30th and and January 11th. And they're going to play Camden, New Jersey, with DJ Wagner, the freshman, and some other good players on January 18th. Um, Camden, New Jersey at the Hoop Hall. And then the uh, Sierra Rancho Christian is going to play DeMatha, which will be a big game on that MLK Monday. So... Speaking of that, Evan Mobley is going to have a lot of chances to show the country that he's the top player in the country. Not necessarily the number one prospect, but the number one, you know, the best player in the country production-wise. So that leads into the preseason Mr. Basketball Tracker, which I do, Devin. It's 13th year. I can't believe we've been, I've been doing it 13 years. He was the top vote-getter amongst the, the, the 10 people who turned in ballots, including Frank Burleson, Paul, Paul Bancardi of ESPN, Jerry Meyer. Feel the other guys that, that are well known on the trail, and um, he had 95 points out of 100. Obviously, you score you know 10 points for first place, nine points second place, eight points third place, and so on down. Um, five more points than than Cade Cunningham. They kind of dominated that uh, Devin. Uh, they got nine of the 10 first place votes. Um, are you a little surprised by that uh, results? You know, um, you know, they're obviously dominated. Uh, third place is Jalen Green of Prolific Prep, who's transferred over from San Joaquin Memorial, who will also be on TV a few times. Um, Sharif Cooper in fourth place. So, you know, what's your kind of high high line take on that, uh, Devin? Um, you know, Evan Mobley had a great summer. He had a lot of momentum going in. Uh, you know, he was a little hurt at times, but Cade Cunningham really pushed him. You know, kudos to Cade Cunningham, who obviously plays for number two um, Montverde Academy. And obviously, they're going to have a lot of chances to show that, you know, they're the number one team or the top team. And he's going to have a lot of chances to show on a big stage that, you know, he's the top player. So, you know, what's your early take there, Devin? You know, is anything surprising? Any, you know, what what is your take? No, I mean, those are the top three players in, in, in the country in 2020, right? I mean, yeah. so it's consistent as far as rankings go. Sure, about and, as far as the player rankings yeah. go. And um, again, the preseason is a preseason. We haven't sure. we haven't played any games yet, pretty much. You know, maybe a little bit of the maybe, country, yeah, yeah but not Cade, the big teams yet. Yeah, maybe Cade Cunningham's played a couple games for Montverde because they play on a different schedule. Uh, but Evan Mobley, they're going to open on on Friday against Pacifica Christian Orange County. We'll probably be at that game. Uh, Jalen Green's played a few games because they're on the grind session. They play a prep school schedule. But yeah, I mean, as far as the voting goes. I mean, I'm looking at it right now. Evan Mobley one, Kid Cunningham two, mm-hmm. Jalen Green three. That makes sense. I think uh, I'm a little surprised Josh Christopher's lower, uh, as low as he is at number ten, um, sure, because of just just how talented he is, naturally gifted, and uh, he's going to put up huge numbers his senior year at Mayfair. Uh, they're going to play more of a, uh, especially in, in league and things like that. They're going to play more of a local schedule. Sure. So that might hurt Josh's chances. Um, but yeah, I mean. As far as the top three go, that's not surprising in the least. Evan Mobley, Cade Cunningham, and Jalen Green um, were the three best seniors in the country, and they should be in that order, in my opinion. I think Evan Mobley, as far as impact goes, has you know 
for his team. He's the most important player to his team in the entire country. Um, because, you know, he has solid players around him. You know, Dominic Harris going to Gonzaga, solid player. Um, Bryson Stevens. Bryson Stevens, solid player. Uh, Jaden Byers, solid player. Jace Catchings, transfer from Missouri, a solid player. But are any of those three guys a, a guy who's going to be at Montverde alongside Kate Cunningham? Or Yeah, is any of those guys going to lead a team yeah. to a national Jaylen promise? Jalen Green has Namari yeah. Burnett and other big-time players surrounding him. Evan Moby doesn't really have that this year, but he has a lot of solid uh, complementary pieces. So and, if and Evan Mobley, is, he might not need those guys. No, That's he might not. A, this might work. That's what I'm saying. Like this could work if if Evan Mobley has a dominant year. Rancho Christian beats Sierra Canyon multiple yeah. times because they're going to face each other multiple, multiple times. times. Yeah. Then I can see Evan Mobley holding on to that top spot all the way through the year. But again, it's going to be tough to hold off a guy like Kate Cunningham because Montverde is going to be on the big stage every single tournament they play mm-hmm. in. Sure. The the microscope's going to be on Kate Cunningham constantly because he's just that good and he's playing on that big of a stage. Yeah. So if Evan Moby is able to hold on to that top spot, it's going to be pretty impressive. Yeah. Um, the last year, you know, he was in the top three. Again, that's with you know the guys who are the big dogs: Cole Anthony, you know, Isaiah Stewart, um, those type of players. You know, um, Sharif Cooper was probably the most productive junior in the country. So it changed after Rancho Christian you know, lost in the playoffs and then lost in the regional right away. They kind of shifted the momentum towards Sharif Cooper um, in terms of the junior of the year. Patrick Baldwin was the sophomore of the year. And no, no surprise, Amani Bates is, was the freshman, national freshman of the year. Yeah, um, he came in six in the yeah, voting with 27 yeah. total points. Yeah, what, what do you think about that? He came on on one, two, three, four, five people voted for him in the top seven. Um, Imani Bates, we're speaking of the sophomore out of Lincoln in in Michigan. Uh, deserving is it obviously his talent. We, what what is you know? You, obviously, he's going to be tougher to win national player of the year as a sophomore. But you know, is he deserving to be with those top echelon guys? Yeah, okay. simply because yeah. of the simply it's because of the reputation level. and talent yeah. level. Yeah, um, I think a guy who didn't get as much love based on talent level and the. Uh, the year he had, or the summer and spring he had, uh, is Chet Holmgren, teammates, yeah. teammates of of Jalen Suggs at Minnehaha Academy in Minnesota. I think Chet Holmgren is. I mean, he's a he's played his way into the top, you know, ten or echelon. I mean, yeah. I think for for me personally, I think he's a the top five talent okay. in that class. Oh yeah, in that class you know for sure. In that class, yeah, no doubt. But in, um, in the country, I think he should be. He should have made an appearance in that top ten. Um, his teammate Jalen Suggs was at number nine, um, and that's going to be the, the problem. Who do you who do you who do you remove from this yeah. list? The top ten to include Chet Holmgren? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, well, that's where I, I I mentioned in the handicap in the preseason, Jalen Suggs uh, has been you know at that level for a while. He was the f- national freshman year, national sophomore of the year because his team is good, and he he was good as a young player, as we all know, but. Are they just going to, in essence, cancel each other out a bit? That's what it seems like. You, is Jalen Suggs going to be the top guy, or is is um, Chet going to be the top guy? Yeah. Their, their season, in essence, and it's tough for them, and it's not, almost not fair, but again, that's why every state is different. Their season, a lot, is going to come down to that TV game on January, what is it, January 4th against Sierra Canyon. I mean, that's going to be a lot big for them. 
If they lose, if they win that game, Chet and Jalen, you're gonna see you're gonna get a lot more. I guess I it, think people are gonna be on their mind and get more votes. I guess it'll depend on if, who, if they get the lose by 15 yeah. or something. Those two are gonna be out of yeah. out of the out of yeah. the picture. I if, in if, my opinion, if they win, and that's unfortunate because it's just their state. They can't play in every. Yeah. They can't go all over the, the the place and play. Yeah, I think it's gonna depend on. I mean, this is heavily based on. Yeah. Statistics, statistics and yeah. who you're playing against. That's those yeah. are the two key factors when it comes to this voting uh, for Mr. Basketball USA. One of the guys who didn't make the list, who who may have, if he wasn't um, having to do the the sit out period by the CIF Southern section uh, after transfer, Zaire Williams of yeah. of Sierra Canyon. He's their best player. Three in my, in my opinion. People, three people voted for him. Three, okay, one person put him. Um, which would be fourth on their ballot, and one person put him sixth, and one person put him seventh. So I how, asked for the top seven. Yeah, how difficult? How difficult? So 16 points. It's going to be... How difficult know, will it be for him to uh, make up that lost stagger. time? That lost time, because he's losing... Yeah, he's losing 30 days. Yeah, I mean, or whatever, I mean, it's, seven more than, it's more than 30 days. It's, yeah. it's a third of, the, it's a third of the, the preseason, which is, you know, he's going to be eligible December 30th. I mean, season started... November eighteenth, Sierra Canyon yeah. plays in, in San a Diego. Couple days in, in, tomorrow, tonight. Yeah, maybe this no, week. It's, uh, yeah, it's this thir- week. This week, Thursday. Uh, recording on Wednesday, but Thursday. Yeah. Um, so they they play this week. Yeah, he, he's, he's gonna gonna lose time. He's and he's already time. behind the eight ball so, in terms of. So when you look at that, Sharif how, Cooper, how difficult will it be for him to make up that time? Very difficult. Okay, I think it'd be very unless he just comes in and he's dominant and he he's their best player. And he's averaging. Yeah, 30 20 points and 20 points. rebounds. Or... Man, that's not, probably not going to happen. Just because yeah. they have Brandon Boston, they have other guys. They have Amari Burnett. I'm sorry, Amari, Amari Bailey. You know, like, they, Damn, they got Amari Burnett too? Oh, yeah, that's a yeah. good team. Yeah, you know, they have just a, a good all-around team. So, But I think he's he's gotten the a little bit of the recognition because of what he did in the summer. To be up here on three ballots is pretty good. You got guys like Paolo Banchero on three ballots, Josh Christopher. Chet Holmgren only appeared on two ballots. Dayron Sharp won. You know, so it's it's not easy. I mean, Jonathan Kaminga, some people think is number one prospect in junior class, four ballots. They got some, they got some making up, they got some staggering to do, you know, to make up that stagger, as we say. So yeah, um, I'll read what Clark Francis had uh mentioned, and it's kind of interesting. And I kind of see if I agree to see if you agree. Are he you says, sure you want to read this? Yeah, says the other guys. He said Jalen Green deserves to be number three. He took it to another level at Peach Jam in Vegas, so he deserves some credit. And those are the top three. But Green is not better than Cunningham and Mobley at this point. It's almost saying what you're saying. I'm just reading it verbatim. It's on BallsLife.com. The other guys I voted for are not in the class of the top three. I'm surprised Terrence Clark is number four. I think from a ranking standpoint, he should have been been better to stay in the junior class. Jonathan Kaminga's feast or famine too. Cunningham gets it done every time. So yeah, uh, I'm you know Terrence Clark number four again. We've talked about that before. When a guy moves to another class for whatever reason, the status is elevated. It's, and then it, no, it's adds, then, it then it then it evens out at some point. But right away, the guy who moved to another class is like you said elevated. He's so number here's, four. Here's what happens when somebody reclasses. Yeah, the general public or so the general public thinks like oh. Yeah, Terrence Clark and yeah. you know Devin Askew. Yeah. 
let's let me preface this with both fantastic players, yeah. but they're so good they that can they can skip a grade. grade. Yeah. They're so good, they're ready for college now. They're ready to go. Yeah, yeah. They they could be one and dones if the NBA uh, didn't have, or the NBA in college didn't have that rule in place where kids have to go to college for one year. Those guys could be one and done. They're that good. Um, Anthony Edwards was a, a was a guy last year who did that, and he's yeah. proving to be that good, right? He's that good. Yeah, he was that good. So, but not every guy's that. Not good. Not every guy's that good. Yeah. Um, Terrence Clark is he that good? We'll see. We'll see this year. Devin Askew is he that good? He's gonna have to be that good for modern day to be you know where they want to be and beat the Sierra Canyons in the open division as we expect that matchup to to happen. Whether you know unless Rancho Christian steps it up or uh, Etiwanda is as good as we think they're going to be. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's just tough, Ronnie, because the the, the, the rankings are kind of, um, avert, like, some some for some reasons they're good, for some reasons they're bad. One of the reasons they're bad is because it's for some of the times it's for clickbait for fans. Sure. For fans of schools. Like, Kentucky has a top-ranked recruiting class. They do class rankings, all those different things to get the fans to subscribe right. to services or to Correct. websites. It's a business. It's a business. And um, that's kind of one of the reasons why when guys reclass, they're so high up in they're rankings. They're high elevated. But again, it's just hard. I, I mean, yeah, I think Terrence Carr's talented, but for him to be number four on this list is is a little um, surprising. Why, why do you think that? Give me, give me your opinion. Of why I think it's surprising? Because... He was a little inconsistent. He was good at Pangos. Uh, not dominant, but good. And not as good as at NBA Players Association. He was just another another guy okay. there. See, I don't, see, a, as much, pack. I don't yeah. see as much of the national stuff and him competing against all these yeah. other guys on this list as much as you do. Sure. So yeah, that's so why that's I what, want your thoughts. Yeah. yeah, so he's talented. But again, Brewster is going to play uh, in the New England prep schools, you know, and that's good because that's high competition, but not everybody's going to see it. So maybe he has a monster season, and maybe it, it works out good for him. But again, you got you know guys on his tail. So you know that might just be semantics anyway. I mean, Cade Cunningham and Evan Mobley and Jalen Green are right there, like you said. Um, How we're going to see those guys here coming up. Uh, you know, you can watch it on a stream on Flow Hoops, I believe. You know, prolific prep. Um, it's going to take on Lancaster on the 29th at Sandra Meadows Arena at the Thanksgiving Hoop Fest, which is one of the events, Devin, we've been talking about that has made th- uh, Thanksgiving weekend just very big. Um, you, you know, Sierra Canyon is going to be there. They won't have Zaire. As you mentioned, that's a not missed opportunity for him in terms of of uh, playing on that stage. Then you got, in the very next game, you got Duncanville, which is uh, 28 in the Fab 50 against Montverde. Micah Peavy, Yeah, Micah Peavy. Yeah, yeah, they're going to be very good. So for the locals, they're going to see if Duncanville can hang with a Montverde right away. And then on the next night, they're going to have to come back at the American Airlines Arena and play um, Sierra Canyon. So right away, this early this season, we're going to see a lot of good games, get a lot of a feel for how good these players are and for how good the teams are. And, uh, you know, like I said, 10 years ago, we didn't have that. Most of that stuff started in around right before Christmas or right after Christmas. Obviously, those tournaments are, have been around a long time. The bigger, the bigger turns, Beach Ball Classic, right. um, you know, uh, City of Palms, etc. So uh, speaking of that, Devin, I think we have somebody, our guest on the line. Yeah, Glenn Smith, do we have you, the tournament director for uh, Thanksgiving Hoop Fest? Do we have you? I'm just- 
Yes, sir. I'm definitely here. How are you guys doing? We're doing well, sir. We're doing well. So uh, it seems like the tournament this year is quite loaded, and I'm sure the demand for, for teams was so high you had to maybe you know turn down a couple teams. Was it, uh, was it pretty easy setting up this year's, uh, getting these top teams into the this year's matchups? Um, it's never easy. Yeah. Um, but what it is is sometimes it's not as hard as sometimes it, it may be. Okay. Uh, I think as long as you treat people right and you do good business, that word gets out and people are more inclined to 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 want to come to your event, especially if you treat people well. Um, you know, I'm in the South, so we're so we're really big on Southern hospitality. You know, going above and beyond, and you know, treating everyone like family, and I think that goes a long way. Makes sense, um, Glenn. Obviously, uh, this is a a great event. Talk about how many years you've you've had this event, and it's now become a national event, almost like a must stop. Um, talk about the growth there, and then talk a little bit about how hard it was this year to get. You know, the top-tier teams, Monverde's coming down to Texas, and obviously a lot of people are interested in watching Sierra Canyon. So talk about the, the growth and then, you know, getting those marquee teams down uh, to Sandra Meadows into American Airlines Arena. Okay, so the, the event started 11 years ago uh, in a very, very small charter school uh, that's not even open anymore out in Arlington, Texas. Gotcha. Um, it started off in a small gym, had a really nice crowd. The next year, I moved it over to Duncanville. I've been in Duncanville for the past 10 years. Uh, each year, it's grown. And by grown, I mean uh, from size of teams to attendance, just to the, the notoriety that it's gotten. Um, some of the best years I've had, you know, were when I've had Flower Mound Marcus playing Jack Yates. And this is when Yates was really, really playing, and they were leading. Uh, I believe they were the leading scoring team in the country when they were averaging about 112, 114 points a game. Uh, this is Marcus Smart's senior year as well. Um, and then I've had some really good players come in throughout the years. And then this year, you know, it was just like the perfect storm just kind of um, kind of hit for me. You know, I've been trying to get Kate Cunningham, and Kate has been wanting to play in the Hoop Fest since he was a sixth grader. Mm-hmm. And um, the high school that he was at locally here in Dallas – uh, for whatever reason, you know, their coach chose not to play. And then Cade moved. But by the time he got to Montverde, they had kind of already had their schedule kind of set. So I was like, hey, we got to get this done for your senior year. We got to get you, uh, you know, this like your homecoming tour or whatnot. And uh, Coach Boyle was great. Uh, coach Ray Miller was great as well with, with making it happen. Uh, the Sierra Canyon, you know, I, I, I've been working on those guys for a couple years, you know, and then the the, the timing just wasn't right uh, because of California state rules and them not being able to get out here during that time frame one year and then a couple other things another year. But then this year it kind of worked out and it was like the perfect, like everything just kind of lined up for me, you know, because uh, one of those, the uh, star players on the girls' side for Sierra Canyon, whose girls are coming as well, uh, she's going to UT. So it was a good way for her to kind of get back here, play play it against some of the UT fans and just kind of get them a, uh, a fresh look of what they have in store coming to them next year. Uh, so it takes a lot of work, a lot of organization, uh, a lot of patience as well, and a lot of just kind of doing what you say that you're going to do and just being stand up and just being a man of your word. 
That makes sense. Yeah. I, th- I think the the player you're talking about on the girls' side for Sarah Canyon is uh, Ashley Chevalier. It's Andre Chevalier, Chevalier's daughter, and Andre is obviously the coach of the boys' team. So that that'd be pretty cool. Uh, Glenn, tell me a little bit about um, the the process of you know getting those marquee games at American Airlines Arena, a, a huge uh, venue, and you're going to put some some big time games on there. Yep. Yeah. So, <coughs> excuse me. <coughs> excuse me. So that kind of happened where um, tickets went on sale when it was still fully scheduled at Sandra Meadows Arena. Mm-hmm. Uh, t- tickets sold out extremely quick, you know, um, within an hour, which is faster than it's ever sold out before. You know, I've sold out the past five, six years, but this year it kind of sold out quicker. And American Airlines, they had a mutual person reach out, ask me if there was any interest. I was like, there could be, you know, but um, let's kind of work work a couple things out. And then it all worked out. And then it's been like the craziest thing because the city is like on, on fire and, and just excited because nothing's like this been done in Dallas before. The last time, you know, something like this happened in Dallas was about maybe 12, 13 years ago when Kevin Durant's uh, Montrose Christian team played against uh, Darrell Arthur South Oak Cliff team mm-hmm. at the old at the old Reunion Arena here in Dallas. You know, that's thing been destroyed and blown up and the maps have been <laughs> at the AAC for I don't know how long. Yeah. But the city has really, really kind of embraced it. Uh, the state has, I think, not only just because of the level of basketball, but just because they see – you know, the city has, has, has seen the work that I've put in to get to this part. You know, this isn't like a firecracker or a or a microwave uh, success story. Like they've they've seen the ups and the downs of the event and they they're they're happy to see like one of their own bring something in to the uh, to the arena, you know, because it's not too often that, you know, someone that's really uh, hands on in grassroots basketball uh, gets gets the opportunity to do something like this in 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 Texas, mm-hmm. and so it's been really really exciting. Yeah, I mean, Glenn, it's that's great. It's, it's obviously blown up. The interest is there to move it to a, a big big arena like that on the 29th. Let's go over the matchups real quick. We got Fat Fifty Rank Yates against Sunrise Christian. Then you got Faith Family, who I think dropped the game already. They're playing Marion, Arkansas, who's very good. Who's also going to be at the Tarkanian Classic later in the. Um, Later in the in in December, then you got Lancaster against Jalen Green, his prolific prep team, and then the big game Duncanville versus Montverde, and then you go over to the thirtieth, and make sure we I want to make sure we say this to the to the fans correctly. You got Court One, and then you got at Sandra Meadows. So, um, is the last four games I guess would be the games that would be at American Airlines. That's starting with Prolific Prep and St. Mark's at four thirty PM. Yes, sir. Yes, okay. Sir. So those last four games stayed the same. Each each game was actually pushed back thirty minutes, okay. <clears throat> so that people can watch that last game over at Sandra Meadows, which features Bryce Thompson, who's a Kansas signee, versus yeah. uh, um, Christian Brothers, which features Caleb Love. Nice. So everybody's going to watch that game, and then they're going to head on over to the AAC, and then Jalen Green and uh, Prolific Prep um, and Namari Burnett. They're going to uh, face uh, a very good St. Mark's team to get the kicked off at the AAC. Now, let me ask you, the people who bought the ticket within the first hour when the tickets went on sale, is their ticket good for, for both venues? Yes, sir. Okay, yes, sir. got it. Yes, so, if they... so, what's happening, 
So what's happening right now is that Ticketmaster is in the process of merging the data from the other ticketing company, and then they're in the process of sending everyone that bought their ticket um, uh, on that day when it sold out. They're in the process of getting those tickets uh, emailed out to them. Gotcha. So people are going to see Bryce Thompson, Booker T. Washington against Christian Brothers of Missouri. That should be a good game. We had them 24 in the Fab 50. And then uh, they can move over. That's at 315. Then the rundown is Prolific Prep versus St. Mark's. Then the Duncanville Girls versus Sierra Canyon Girls. Then Duncanville coming off the game against Monverde has to come back and play Sierra Canyon, which is number six in the country. Then Montverde, which is two or one, depending on which ranking you're looking at, taking on Yates, who... Obviously, it could be very good. Now, I know, Glenn, tell me, is Glace, does Yates still have a couple guys that are in the ineligible on transfer? Or they, or does, what's the sit-out period? Or what? how does that work for Yates? So, Yates has three guys that are sitting out right now. Yeah. But they are very, very optimistic that those guys will be cleared in the next 48 hours. Gotcha. Uh, which, should, which, which should help them a lot. Uh, not that they need any help because they've been, you know, right now they're averaging about 105 points a game right now because they like to get up and down the floor. Uh, so that's only going to make those guys even more uh, potent, you know, uh, starting once they get back in. But their coaching staff and their administration feels very, very uh, good about those guys becoming eligible uh, in the next 48 hours. Yeah, that makes sense. Now, um, Glenn, talk a little bit about uh, – you know, the Duncanville situation, you know, the Panthers are good. And what's, what, what was their situation going into this game? They're going to play those two teams, you know, back to back. Now, obviously they got Micah Peavy, Jabrian Hill's a good player. Derek Luna's a good player. You know, they lost Jameis Ramsey, but you know, what, what was their first take when you asked them? Did they, did they want to do that? Did you push it? Did they want to push to take on those two teams? I mean, even if they go one and one, they got to look at that as a win. Basically, what were they thinking? Yeah. <laughs> um, well, you know the thing about Duncanville's coach, PV. Yeah. You know, um, he feels good, mm-hmm. like yeah. really good. And when I um, told him about what I was thinking, you know, uh, he was like, bring it. Nice. Yeah. You know, because Duncanville is one of those jobs where they want their administration, their school district, their their community. This is what they want. You know, they're they're nicknamed the city of champions for a reason. And they want this type of stuff on their campus or or to play in things like this. So when I told him this, um, it wasn't a second thought in his bring it. You know, I won't say exactly what he said, (laughs) but he was like, bring it, you know? Yeah. And, and, and the way that his team is, is, is playing right now. And, uh, especially mentally, um, they don't even think that they're the underdog. Interesting. Yeah. That's, you know, like, like his team has, has, has bought into the confidence that he has. And when the teams play against each other next weekend, PV and Duncan, they feel like they're the favorite. Mm-hmm. They feel like they're supposed to win those games, you know, and then I think that makes for a very, very, well, it's going to make for a very, very interesting game because a lot of times when um, these schools play against the Montverse, the Sierras, the Oak Hills, you know, the game is already won during the, during the pregame uh, layup drill, you know, but these guys, they like really think, you know, hey, we supposed to win this game. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. I mean, that got to be exciting. So I guess the last thing to close out with, Glenn, does 
the fans, like you said, I, I know Coach Peavy's has that bring it on attitude, and that makes sense, and you want to go in with that attitude. So do you think the fans are there to see Duncanville, like, knock off the dragon like David Goliath, or is it more they want to see what Sierra Canyon and Montverde is all about? What are you getting, like, the fan from the fans' point of view? I think a couple of things. One, I think everybody wants to see Kay Cunningham because he yeah. hadn't played at home in a while. You yeah. know, outside of the EYBL, this is like his homecoming. And this is really big. I think a lot of people want to see that. And I think that, you know, um, uh, of course, the Sierra Canyon, they have other um, one or two other uh, Texas kids or and or from Arkansas. Um, so they kind of have ties to this area. But I think that people, you know, in Dallas want to want to see. Hey, is Duncanville just a local bully, or are they <laughs> a real national power? Yeah. Uh, with, with with Sierra Canyon, I think it's a mixture of both. I think it's a mixture of the excitement of the things that Coach has going on over there. You know, in addition to what he's done in the past. Um, and then on the flip side of it, you know, a lot of people here are like, hey, you know, everybody talks all this about California basketball. This is their best. This is our best. Let's lock horns and let's see what happens. You know, the California state champion versus the Texas state champion, you know, let's see what happens. Good stuff. Glenn Smith, we appreciate your time. Congratulations on another successful event and, and best of luck uh, when, it, when it all tips off, man. Ain't no doubt about it. Thank you guys so much for having me. Yes, sir. Thank you, Glenn. Big time stuff, Ronnie. Um, it's it's really cool to see uh, a guy who you know has his hands in both sides of the all, all sides of the basketball world. Start an event at a small, um, you know, yeah, small like school, charter school, or local, whatnot. local. Was it a local event? Potentially, maybe yeah. some some other teams from out of state, but and turn it into something of this stature. It's basically a, a must see tournament um, if you're a big time high school basketball fan. Yeah, and people can watch, like I said, watch. The stream, I believe it's on on Flow Hoops, but um, yeah, you know the, those teams are going to be all, all over, and I think the people of Texas are excited to see uh, those those teams. Um, I, I do want to think they, I do think he's being contrived. I do think they want to see Duncanville knock them off because people want to say Texas basketball is as good as California basketball. A lot of there's a you lot know, of pride. I mean, you see those you see yeah. those those uh, yeah. debates on Twitter. Yeah, you know, people putting you know Texas's best. Five NBA players yeah. versus California's best five NBA sure. players, and when you, when I look at that, I'm just like, it's no competition. It's yeah. California's obviously the the best, you know, the 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 area state, whether it's Southern California, uh, in particular, that puts out the best product. Yeah, well, that's the thing. I mean, when I started getting into the to the industry, and even when I was following when I was a little younger in college and high school, I mean, like Texas football, like the the second biggest sport in Texas was like spring football. Yeah, you yeah, know, yeah, it was yeah. huge. It was just football was everything at the high school level. Spring yeah. football. I mean, you go to, you go to yeah. Texas and see those those uh, big stadiums. Stadiums they have at the high schools, like, yeah. dude, that's insane. Yeah, I mean, it was big then. You know, let's say '90s, even into the early 2000s. Um, you know, they were well-known players even before the internet. Big time schools, like you said, uh, big time rivalries. Obviously, Friday Night Lights, the the book and the movie, kind of you know helped grow that legend of, of Texas and especially West Texas football and things like that. But then you started noticing their, the, the, the population of Dallas and Houston was growing and people were moving there from all over the country, affordability, things like that. We've, we, that we've, we know all about here. No, in Southern affordab- no, no affordability here. Yeah, so yeah. Texas is where they're all moving. Yeah. So, 
um, the ball got really good. And I remember speaking to Chris Bosch about it, uh, the Dallas Lincoln star, whose team actually won the national championship in 2002. They were undefeated. Um, he mentioned that, you know, they, they didn't have the reputation and they were a little intimidated by like California and New York teams when he was young, like seven years, you know, seventh grade U, which 13 and under, 12 and under, 11 and under, you know, California teams would just come in and mock people mm -hmm. because of their reputation. I get like, you know, people were intimidated a yeah. little bit based on once we learned how to play with them, once we got over that, we, we realized we were just as good as mm -hmm. anybody. And the year before, uh, Willow Ridge High School had Daniel Ewing and TJ Ford. And they were number two in the country. And I think he, Boss said that really gave him confidence that, hey, we were, we're as good as any team in the country. And they proved it that next year, Dallas Lincoln in 2002. So that's almost been 17, 18 years ago. So come tenfold, I mean, people really care about basketball in 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 Dallas and Houston and other in other cities in Texas. You know, it's, it's great to see. So, you know, we're going to see if Duncanville can, you know, bid off a little more they can chew or if they can handle this. They open up in 20 in the Fat 50. They're, they have a lot of confidence. They're, they're a com complete team. You know, they don't have nobody missing like as of other teams. Like Yates, you know, right now is not at full strength. Yeah. So we'll see what they can do. I think that if they go one and one, they got to be pretty happy. Oh, yeah. You go one and one against those two <laughs> teams, Montverde and, and your yeah. Fat 50 is number one. and Or they yeah, number two. two. Yeah. Sorry, number two. 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 Yeah. And, and Syracuse, Syracuse and six. six. Yeah. I mean, if you get a win there, you're, I mean, that's really great. So uh, kudos to Glenn Smith and kudos to the, to the people of Texas supporting his event. Um, Devin, let's talk about Sierra Canyon a little bit. Uh, it was announced within the last week or so, uh, the Geico High School uh, Weekly Showcase, and it got a lot of publicity, but their schedule is as big as it's ever been, but it's really big because of the ESPN3, I guess it would be the, the Disney uh, streaming, streaming service, push. Yeah, yeah they want to push that. So they have 15 Sierra Canyon games. Uh, yeah, I see you, Devin. You're just like, well, you know, you 15 games. It's overkill. Okay, I mean, so you got your first reaction. It's overkill. Yeah, I, I mean, here's the thing. Uh, Sierra Canyon's going to be a very good basketball team this year, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, but how much of ESPN's, how much of ESPN's push to put 15, 15? Yeah. Games on various platforms yeah. is Bronny James. How big, yeah. how big of the, how big of a factor was Bronny James in that? Well, or how I would ask you a question with the question: How big is it to try to push Disney's streaming services? You know what I mean? I mean, again, it's not a huge. They're they're pushing movies. Here's the thing: Disney. you got you have the biggest high school basketball fan yeah. sitting two feet from you. Yeah. I'm not gonna subscribe to ESPN three to watch 15 Sierra Canyon <laughs> games. I'm not going to. Like yeah. So so how, how many people out there are you're saying? I don't think very many. Yeah. And that yeah. what you know they're but they might subscribe to see the other games, the complete games, meaning the whole schedule. The other streaming things they have thirty for thirty. Yeah, I'm. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. Uh, don't have the the funds or rich enough to have the cable package that has ESPNU. Um, I have ESPN, ESPN two. That's as far as I get. But I mean, here's the thing, dude. Like, I can see Sierra Canyon basically whenever I want, right? I mean, yeah. I can drive to Chatsworth if I feel like it. I hardly ever feel like it. Okay, I'm gonna see him at Damien, but maybe it's different. For so the let's take that. Take you out of the equation. Because you cover it for a living. Um, if you want to see Sierra Canyon, you see him against Duncanville. And is that your, like, let's say you just, you watch it on flow or whatever. I was like, okay, I saw what I need to see. Or do you need to come back and see him against Montgomery on November 21st? St. Augustine, November 22nd. It's Cathedral Catholic, November 23rd. 
you know, Millennium, Fab 50 ranked 45 on December 7th. Then you see them in St. Vincent, St. Mary. Wait, wait, LeBron's wait. wait. I, just on this. Hang on. I just noticed that they're putting they're putting the San Diego tip-off challenge games on. I just noticed that on, yeah. on ESPN three. Yeah. Those games, Ronnie, are are just they're not gonna be worth watching. Okay. That's my thing. Like, like put, put the games that are worth watching on, on the platform. Well, they have the games that I think are worth watching. They do watching have those, on, but why yeah. why put Sierra Canyon against Montgomery on ESPN three, like you're gonna watch Sierra Kane and beat him ninety two to to twenty. I mean, yeah. what's the point? The point is, they're using that hype behind Bronny James and Zaire Wade to push that, and people are gonna be like, "Oh, I want to see Bronny play. I want to see Zaire Wade play." And but are they gonna want to see them by the fifth or sixth game? No, because by the fifth or sixth game, when the games matter, Zaire Wade and Bronny, I'm not sure are gonna be in that that yeah rotation if the game's on the line, right? Yeah. You have B.J. Boston, Taron Frank, Shai Odom. Uh, you know, those are the three guys who are going to be, and when Zaire Williams comes back, that just adds another link to that team that, you know, Bronny and Zaire Wade may not have as big of a role as, you know, ESPN or whoever decided to put them on TV all these times expect. Yeah, so I don't so, know if it's going to backfire. Gotcha. So you think by the Patrick School – which is 15 in the Fab 50, Minihana, which is 14, which is January 3rd and 4th, that they already might, people be like, maybe over their fix already a little bit. I think so. Okay. I mean, Interesting. Because, I mean, I mean, it's a big schedule. Uh, you you know, it's it's all over out there in the media. You can check it out on ESPN's press room. I'm not going to go over every matchup, but there's some big matchups on there, obviously. I'm not <laughs> We'd be here for two hours. Yeah, I'm not going to go over every matchup. Um, one that catches my eye, obviously, is DeMatha versus Montverde, which is... Number two and verse number three on December 12th. That's on ESPNU. Um, St. Vincent, St. Mary versus Sierra Cannon. So Sierra Cannon is going to go visit LeBron James's old high school, which he led to the Fat 50 Championship in 2003. And that, that that's ex- Saturday the 14th. That, exact, that, that plays into my exact point yeah. that I made before this. How much of Bronny James yeah. is pushing these games? And that... Yeah. Points to it exactly. Yeah. Or what like other you, reason would Sierra Canyon play St. Vincent St. Mary this year, Ronnie? Other than, yeah, it's a made-for-TV game. And um, they're going to do that. Again, they should be favored to win that game. It would be a great atmosphere. So then they're going to come back and go to Tarkanian, which is not going to be on this on this um, schedule. But they're going to play two games at, at Tarkanian Classic after they, they leave that the next week. And then they go to Minnesota... I'm sorry, they go to Damien to play in four games there, and they could potentially face Rancho Christian. We were talking about that earlier. And then they come back after the Damien Classic or the Classic at Damien and play Sierra Canyon versus Patrick School on the third, Minnehaha Academy on the fourth. We talked about it, Chet Holmgren and Jalen Suggs. And then if they play... Rancho Christian in the championship game on the 30th, which is the games I hear uh, Williams comes back, they'll meet him on January 11th on ESPN Stream. So what event, who does that what fa- event is that? That is at Pasadena, Pasadena. City College. Okay. So is there a name to it, or is it just like a... It's just an event for now. I, I don't have the exact name. Okay. Um, so does that favor Sierra Canada? Does it favor Rancho Christian? He's playing the same team again. You know... How do you feel about Sierra Canyon's schedule? Where are they going to get tripped up, or are they going to run this gauntlet? I mean, before I get into that, I'm just laughing. It's like Campbell Hall against Sierra Canyon on ESPN3. 
Syracuse against Paraclete. They're 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 gonna televise <laughs> low level Gold Coast League games. It's just it's just too much. Too much for, for you. I just yeah. I mean for me like ugh, dude, it's just funny. Uh, <laughs> what game do you like on the national level? Like obviously okay, okay. IMG School, Mom Birdie. Yeah, yeah, like you like want to see that. Yeah, the national yeah. stuff's great. Yeah. Uh, seeing teams that I don't see very often, but again, yeah. I don't have. Sorry, ESPN. I don't have the money to subscribe. Where Sierra Canyon could get could get tripped up is in Damien, um, I think, and it obviously at the Thanksgiving Hoop Fest. Yeah, um, those are the two because Zaire Williams isn't eligible, right? So it depends on how the Damien brackets shake up. We haven't seen that 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 yet, and who Sierra Canyon could potentially face in the semifinals, right, um, or in the finals, whether it's Rancho Christian, Etiwanda. We don't know how that's going to shake out. So, so do you think Etiwanda will be on Rancho Christian side or on Sierra Canyon I don't know. side? I don't know. So I'm th- trying to think, like, uh, league-wise and division-wise, they're all going to be in the same division. They're all in different leagues, so it could go either way. Yeah, they're all right? Southern California They're all teams. in Southern California, so it could go either way. Um, I'm trying to think where, where Damien would put themselves. I think Damien would, pos- would position themselves to be in Rancho Christian side. Because yeah. I think they think they have a better chance to beat Rancho Christian than they would Sierra Canyon. <laughs> yeah, I don't so, think they're beating Sierra Canyon right, right. now. Right. So Zaire, Zaire Williams or not. I think Etiwanda Sierra Canyon will be a semifinal potentially uh, potential game. And that'd be Etiwanda, that'd be a, Sierra Canyon. Yeah, that'd be a fantastic Understood. game. Wow. Um, yeah, we have what twenty nine right behind Duncanville. So yes, twenty nine. That would be a good a good gauge for them. Yeah, Duncanville Etiwanda would be a hell of a game. So it would be interesting yeah, to would. see. Yeah. So it'd be interesting to see them against, you know, Sierra Canyon. So th- the great thing is there's a lot of matchups. We'll get a lot of results. Um, you know, this is a huge schedule. And then on top of that, we're not done yet with that, oh. <laughs> Devin. KDOC oh. Channel 56 announced recently that they're doing 20 games on television. I'm actually, and, and those are o- over the air. I'm actually those happy are, about this one yeah. because our guys, Taylor and Tanner, are – Ball's Life camera guys, they're probably going to be involved in quite a bit of those on the production yeah. crew. Yeah. So I'm we, happy for my guys. Yeah, we're involved in, we've been involved in that production. Dave Otta, I'm yeah. the man. Dave, what? Dave Otta. Yeah. We, yeah. yeah if he's Dave's got a lot of work. Yeah. Dave, yeah, Dave's getting some work, but he's all right. Taylor so, and Tanner, those are my guys. Yeah. So the it's called the Amtrak Pacific Certifier Game of the Week on KDOC Channel 56. It's that was either, a nice plug, Ronnie. It's either 56, great, great uh, job. 56 that, 1. That rolled off the tongue so nicely. Yeah. Um, just reading it. It's Amtrak not a Pacific Surfline. That's a tough thing to say, dude. I'm yeah. proud of you. Yeah. So you know, I'm plugging it there for for my guys at KDOC. Obviously, producer David Ott has done done a great job the last year. Again, those are just on over air. But again, that's 20 more games. Who do they? Um, we who got, they got? They got the classic of Damien. Oh, we just yeah, talked yeah. about the quarterfinal, the semifinal. How, how, okay. So how is ESPN breaking this up? That's that's interesting. Well, go ahead. Keep going. Yeah. So they're doing uh, Rancho Christian versus Liberty on the 14th. Uh, of, of at, Vegas, right? At Vegas first um, Southern Cal Showcase. Uh, <laughs> who's doing that? Uh, don't know. Okay, I don't know who's doing that either. Um, but that'll be on air. Then Fairfax Westchester has a date, LA City Powers, but it may move to later in the season. But they're scheduled to play on December 13th, according to the schedule release. Again, th- those dates could move. Okay. Uh, Mayfair versus Rancho Christian. On again, you're talking about Josh Christopher. That's going to be a big game for Josh Christopher, as you mentioned from, yeah, I mean, from a national perspective. If Josh goes off in that game and they beat they beat Rancho Christian. That's going to boost his stock in a yeah. big way. Yeah. So they they're playing on the fourth on KDOC. They got Jay Sarah St. John Bosco, which is a Trinity League game. Again, back to that duels broadcast or that simulcast. We got Sierra Canyon Rancho Christian on the 11th. 
modern day plays St. John Bosco. Then we get to the um, Nike extravaganza. Modern day is playing Whitney Young. And uh, Rancho Christian is playing uh, Gonzaga of, of Washington, D.C. And then they're, it looks like they're going to close it out with Sierra Canyon, <laughs> Brentwood, and Etiwanda and Chino Hills. Uh, maybe they think Big O's still at Chino yeah. Hills or so. I'm not Big, really sure. Big O is not at Chino, Chino Hills anymore. I'm not. I think, You're not too fired up about that game. I think they needed to. They wanted to get Etiwanda on the That's schedule, Chino. and they're not yeah. sure if they're going to make they're that. Not gonna, yeah, where they're going to land in the Damien. <laughs> Classic. <laughs> Damien just slapping over here at these matches. Uh, so, this, is, this is good for – KDOC stuff is good for the local – Crowd. Southern California crowd. Uh, I'll probably be at a majority of these games except for Etiwanda, Chino Hills. I won't, <laughs> yeah, I won't be, be there. I won't be at Sierra Canyon in Brentwood. I can guarantee you that. Um, I think I'd rather watch Edison, Los Alamitos, or something like that. Um, yeah, this is good for Poor the local fans. I'll be, <laughs> I'll be at most of these. Devin is just, like, just cracking up over here. I dude, I just can't. You I just can't. don't know why. Yeah. There's so many. Like I can go on this schedule. Yeah, right but now it's a big. But it's back a... to our point, if you have streaming <laughs> services, if you can afford, if you can afford all these streaming services, watch KDOC. You're gonna see a lot of a hell of basketball. Oh I mean, you can watch God. high school basketball as much as the Lakers. <laughs> just, you know, I mean, you can watch these more than the Dodgers. You can watch high school basketball Good. more than the Dodgers. Those last, Dem- those last two games, I just can't do it. You know, so, I just got, I gotta close the, I gotta close the browser, dude. Devin is just losing it over oh. here over games. He's Losing his mind, like, you know, oh. just over amount of games, just the matchups. Then you funny. go to the southern section. They're going to do a few games in the southern section, playoffs, and they'll do the LA City section open division championship, which could be a really good game. Again, it could be Fairfax Western. Again, it could be Birmingham. Yeah, Birmingham Tap. team. Yeah. Could yeah. be, you know, Fairfax, Birmingham, Birmingham Tap, what, whatever it may be. So a lot of basketball locally and nationally, Devin. Um, if you want to see a team like Sierra Canyon or Rancho Christian, you're going to get it. You're more than have a you're, chance. Yeah, you're going to get more. <laughs> you can see it on TV. You can see it streaming. You can see it in person. I mean, it's just how many times do Sierra Canyon and Rancho Christian need to potentially play each other? I mean. Okay, so that's twice. Southern section potential open game or semifinal game. Oh, you know, not pool pool play. They probably won't be in the same pool. They're going to be on separate I mean, it, pools. It, it depends on what happens I mean, throughout the year. They could be. Wow. If they're in the same pool, that would be crazy. They could crazy. be. Because they they're be. going to play. That means yeah. they'll guarantee to play. Right. Again, it's not a playoff bracket. It could be so. five times, to be honest with you. <laughs> so then they, <laughs> they can play in the regional. So who does that favor, Devin? Just on paper, who does that favor? it got to favor Rancho Christian, right? <laughs> I mean, to get more chances at a team that's maybe so, deeper and better. Or it's like you can't guard if you can't guard Evan Mobley one game, you're not going to be able to guard him the next game. You know, like that I don't type think of it thing. favors anybody. I think everyone okay. loses in that situation. Interesting. Um, if I had to pick one, if you're going to force me to pick, yeah, one of those two teams who it favors it favors Rancho Christian because yeah, Sierra Canyon has the highest expectations. Yeah, For so sure. you know if Rancho Christian loses, it's like oh yeah, well, you know we knew uh, Rancho Christian was going to lose because Sierra Canyon's better. better. They're ranked higher. Yeah, <laughs> if Rancho Christian beats them. Twice out of the five times yeah. they play, then that's amazing. Rancho Christian beat them. Yeah, they, you know, yeah. This season series is three two. Let's get a seven game series, dude. Yeah, you they, might as well I go think, to seven game series. I think the Southern Section football needs to take take this into account with Modern Day and Bosco. Said Modern Day and Bosco play ten times during the season. <laughs> oh, no, play eleven cracking, times. Cracking up. Game eleven will be if it. Yeah. Game eleven will decide who who uh, is the open division or division one, whatever they are calling it these days. Division one. 
uh, football champion. Yeah, it's, I did. It's just too much. You're if Rachel over... Christian and Sarah Kane end up playing five times this year, I, I don't know. Maybe what to four. Do. I, I mean, it could be in the Southern Section playoffs. Could be and the regional. You just don't know how it shakes out. It's going to be interesting. Obviously, the first matchup will tell us a lot if they make it there on the 30th Although, of December. That's all I will need. I'll yeah. un- if they make it to the Damien Championship game and they play each other, both teams will be full strength because Zaire Williams will be back. Granted, no injuries and yeah. issues. Hopefully, no one gets injured You know, during that time frame. Um, so, if, if December 30th happens, everyone's healthy, everyone's eligible, and that's a championship game, that's all I'll need from that game. I won't need to watch either of those teams the rest of the year. Interesting. Until the playoffs. Until the playoffs. So, yeah, I mean, it's going to be a great season. I uh, hope you guys get out and as much as you can support, you know, the broadcasts that helps high school basketball, helps all the kids to get looks, get on TV. They know they like that. It helps the families that can't make it, can't yeah. drive everywhere, get stuck in traffic. It's easy to watch it on TV. A few people have been asking me about if KDLC has an app. I'm going to find that out, and I'll put it on, on Twitter, put it out there so, you know, People, they started asking me right away, can I watch these games on, on streaming? You know, I, I don't know. I don't have the answer, but I'll find out more. <laughs> you really hope, you really hope in, in 2019, 2020, that a broadcast company that puts things on television has a streaming service. We'll see. I really hope. I, I'm not in control of all that, so I'm just trying Where's to help Otto? the fans. Let's get Otto on the phone. <laughs> I don't know. You know what he wants that. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's very interesting. So, um gonna be exciting basketball like i said right away i think the fans win in all this um except for devin devin can't, can't handle it <laughs> i'm yeah. i'm not a fan anymore yeah, i think I mean, devin wants to go to the thanksgiving hoop fest and like yeah i want to get i need to get there get away like yeah. i'm about to i'm about to go to sunny hills today yeah, yeah. and uh i need to get to the thanksgiving hoop fest. yeah it's funny <laughs> yeah just to see um you know this is these are some great matchups I, i'm glad the fans in texas are gonna get to see uh, what we see a little bit of, uh, they want I think they want to see if they can slay that big Goliath, you know, again, and that's locally too. I, I think, you know, can Etiwanda, can St. John Bosco, can Winward slay, you know, beat Sierra Canyon? I mm-hmm. think that's a big question people have yeah. going into the season. Yeah. Uh, going in, also, let's shift gears a little bit, talking about big questions, Devin. Let's talk a little <laughs> bit as we close out this show about the NBA. Um Question I have for you is all these stats out there. Uh, early in the season, obviously, um, you know, James Harden is again putting up great numbers, our Southern California guy with the Houston Rockets. LeBron has the has uh, the Lakers off to a good start. He had another triple-double, which I think you mentioned is he has a triple-double now versus every team in franchise, you know, every franchise in the NBA in his career. He's the only person to do that. Yeah, and Luka Doncic. Down Good in player. Dallas, he's put up some tremendous numbers, and including a forty-point triple-double game. So, <laughs> what's your take there, Devin, um, about these uh, numbers about the early in the season and historically? What does it mean? What does it not mean? You know, they're give me your spill. They're inflated. Interesting, because for multiple reasons. Number one, you know the the defensive rules in the NBA have changed over the years. You're not allowed sure. to mug anybody on. You know, with hand checks or at, at the basket, you know, you can't crack yeah. somebody. They're going to go to the line for a free throw and get the ball back. Yeah. And that's another chance for um, more offense. More offense. The second thing is um, the three-second defense rule in the NBA. It opens the lane, right? You can't just camp yourself in the in the, in yeah. the lane in a, in a two-three zone and keep LeBron out of the paint. Like, you know, whoever's the big man has to, you know, 
be within arm's distance of his of his guy, um, and that opens the floor. The uh, the um, ever growing you know stretch four, stretch five. That's helping spread the floor. You got Chris Porzingis shooting forty foot three pointers. Yeah. Normally a guy seven foot one, two, three would be in the paint clogging the lane. So that's another thing. Then you have you know James Harden holding the ball for twenty three out of the twenty four seconds of the shot clock. Yeah. And you know. Making a play. A lot of times he's making plays. No, no, no. I'm not taking anything away from these dudes. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I'm not, I'm just, you know, to answer your question, explaining why they're getting stats are just so, yeah. Yeah. I mean, James Harden's like one of the most talented scorers ever to live. Yeah. You know, shot creators. It's insane what he does. And he's a good passer. And he's a very good playmaker, right? I mean, these dudes. I mean, he's making some guys look silly with his dribbles in the key. And his alley oops. It just, the guys are just frozen by him. Here's the biggest issue. Yeah. And this is we were. I was gonna do the rant earlier, and we missed it. I'm gonna do it now. The assist statistic. Okay. Yeah. What we, That's where what, they're getting the triple doubles. This from. is where this is where the triple doubles come from. So points and rebounds are two things that you cannot you cannot debate. No. You, you score. You can the manipulate basket. them. You could let them. Uh, Russell Westbrook grab them instead of uh, the big man. Right. Like like. Yeah, but you can't Stephen debate them. Or yeah, Stephen Adams. No, who's what? Westbrook's on the Rockets now. No, Clint Capella can, can like move out of the way and give Russell Westbrook a rebound. Okay, we get that. But he got the rebound. No. He scored the point. He hit the three. Yeah, there's Those no... are not debatable. Yeah. Assist stats are just out of control. Yeah, they're out of control at the high school level. Every out level. Of control at every level. Every level. You we got... look on Twitter. They, oh, this guy had 14 assists. We're like, dang. He's... So Joey Joey uh, Smith. There's for whatever high school, college, or NBA. Okay. He comes down, he's got nine assists, he's got the, the home stat keeper sitting there, and he, he throws the ball to uh, Ronnie, little Ronnie Flores uh, yeah, on the wing. Little Ronnie Flores dribbles 600 times, 500 dribble combo, step back three. Guess who's getting an assist? Yeah. Little Joey Smith's getting an assist. Yeah, it's not leading directly to a basket. There's yeah. no, like, back when, you know, Magic Johnson and John Stockton were playing, right? Yeah. Uh, two of the guys who were, you know, top five in assists in NBA history. It's a pass, no dribble, one, two, Basket. To a basket. That was an assist. Yeah. Now it's James Harden throws it to Westbrook. He dribbles 400 times and dunks on somebody. Oh, that's an assist for Russ. Yeah. That's yeah. that's where I have an issue. Yeah. That's the issue, and it's it's yeah. a it's a problem at every single level. Is the assist stats nowadays are just completely blown out of proportion. They're just very liberal to it, yeah. what they are. Just, everybody gets an assist. Yeah. yeah. Um, I I agree with you there. It's interesting you say that because Oscar Robinson said the same thing. 25 years ago or 30 years ago about the guys getting assists then because he said when I played the assists were very hard to get <laughs> so now he right. gets two levels away from that Here's again that was his gripe at the time now that's Oscar Robinson too he's kind of old school and so clearly I, 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 so clearly yeah. I am too I, I you know I'm I'm uh, you know Oscar Robinson's kind of one of those gruddy guys that went through a lot as a young guy especially at the University of Cincinnati went through a lot of racism stuff so he doesn't give homage easy. Like sure. he just doesn't. That's just the way Neither he is. Neither do I. You know. That's Let me ask you a question. I'm gonna pose something to you. This is yeah. this is kind of one that yeah. that throws me for a loop, and I yeah. want to pose this to you. All right. So we have a post entry pass from Mike Williams uh, on the wing to uh, the big dude in the paint. Yeah. Big dude dribbles twice, gives a little shimmy. Uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar hook it's shot, baby hook. makes the yeah. basket. Is that an assist? I think now people, I would give an assist. I think under normal circumstances, yes. It is not. Yeah. Because Kareem Abdul-Jabbar had yeah. to two dribble, shimmy, and hit a really tough shot over yeah. someone closing out on his hook shot. Yeah. That's not an assist. It's a basic post-entry pass. Yep. An assist is, uh, you know, LeBron James 
rebound, two dribble, boom, outlet to Kyle Kuzma for a dunk. Yeah. That's an assist. Correct. So or I would a, agree with you. Or I a think... back or a back door and you know, JaVale McGee, who probably will never get an assist, but you know, throws a little drop pass to a back door to Danny Green for a dunk. That's yeah. an assist. Yeah. I think um to your point, a lot of people are culprits in this. I'm pretty uh you know, I'm I'm in the middle. I'm not really super stingy, but I'm not super Liberal, which is, oh, that guy's an assist. I'm yeah. as stingy as it comes. Yeah, I'm not really... When I'm tweeting out stats, yeah, it's on the lower... It's going to be on the, the lower end. end. It's on a, the lower end. Oh, Very man. interesting. So my question to you is back to the Russell Westbrook, Oscar Robinson, uh, and now this current you know crop of, crop of uh, uh, triple-double machines. What does... Again, that was always the standard for Oscar Robinson. He's one of the five greatest players of all time. He's one, arguably the greatest guard of all time. He averaged a triple-double one season. And then in another, for over the course of his first five seasons, he averaged a triple-double. Is that diminished because of Russell, what, what Russell Westbrook has been able to no, do the for, last in my years? In my opinion, it's yeah. even actually more yeah. impressive because yeah. Yeah. of how the stats have changed and how okay. the... You know the game yeah. has changed. Like yeah. for Oscar Robertson to average a triple double in what the sixties? Yeah, early sixties. I mean, that's literally ten legitimate yeah. assists yeah. every single game. Yeah, and he's probably getting cracked on the. Yeah, I mean, he was an inside finishes, guard. Yeah. Inside guard, he was tough. He was a physical guy. Right. Physical guard. I mean, imagine the hand checking. He. Oh yeah. He was. I mean, again, he was probably much more athletic and stronger than most, most of the other of guys teammate. he was facing. Yeah. But still, if you could facing. back then, I mean, I'm sure he's I haven't seen him. You could crush. Athlete. You could yeah. crush people. Yeah, he got crushed, undercut. People were undercutting people. Maybe not in the early 60s, but especially in the 50s. You know, it's funny. Um, Dolph Shays and a couple of those older, Dolph really Shays. older guys, um, uh, Bob Pettit, they kind of mentioned, hey, you know, we can all dunk. and like, We could dunk like nothing. He's all, but if you dunked on somebody, you had the... Ch- you had ran the danger of getting undercut yeah. the next time. Like, it, they didn't like it. It was like showing somebody up. So just a little history lesson there on kind of like what we feel about stats and the history of the game in terms of how it's played. But I kind of agree with you. I think I don't think you could diminish what Oscar Robinson did over the in his career. He's one of the, at worst, one of the seven, eight best players of all time, probably a little higher. I mean, it, and so just because just Russell Westbrook yeah. is just For me, it enhances blown, what he yeah, did. It's just blown out these assists, uh, triple-doubles out of the water. And that takes us to our current guy. Let's talk about the young guy. 20 years old, 42 points, 14 rebounds, 11 assists. I mean, talk a little bit about Luther Dantes, what you think of him. And then I want to ask you a question or kind of get into it um, about his evaluation. I mean, he's a basketball player, right? Yeah. I mean, very good basketball player. He's going to be in the league for, you know, however long he wants to be. Yeah. Granted, he's healthy for all those years. And he's going to be, you know... I mean, if he continues the the rate that he's at, one of the top assist guys, maybe a top scorer, depending on you know how he he keeps progressing. I mean, wait, he's twenty years old. He's twenty years old. It's, just, it's absolutely absolutely insane what he's able to do. Um, he he reminds me of you know a similar impact to what James Harden does. Yeah, just how he can create shots for himself whenever he wants and create shots for teammates whenever he wants. He has that similar feel to his game and similar ability to. I don't know, his footwork is just crazy. Ball handling isn't like... I mean, James Harden isn't like a flashy ball handler. No. But he's so effective with footwork and and the dribbles Confidence. that he uses. Just, yeah, just... He, he just he has it. Care. They don't care who's guarding yeah. him. They're going to they're gonna gonna beat him off the bounce. Yeah, he feels he can beat anybody oh, off the yeah. bounce. And, yeah. and he's he's just really relaxed when he plays, hits the hits the passes when he sees a guy cutting. Does a great job. Luca's the same way. Obviously bigger. Um, so, 
at 20 years old, what are we seeing at 20 years old? This guy's 20 years old. Is he as good as we're seeing and the numbers we're seeing? Is, uh, you know, some people are now mentioning all-around player like a Larry Bird. You know, how good is Luca? One, and then I'll, I'll get you to my second question. He's that like yeah. that good. Yeah, he's, yeah a, he's that good. Yeah, he's he's in he's in that. He's that in level that for me. Long. Yeah, you watch him. He's play, twenty years just, old. It's insane. Yeah, he's I mean, playing. He, he I saw him. Here's the thing. He played pro. This is what's gonna. Your next question is probably gonna. You know, it's gonna kind of tie into that. Yeah. Uh, he played pro at a high level in Europe. Yeah. And you know, some people were like, "Well, playing pro in Europe isn't the same in the NBA." Yeah. No, it's not. It's probably actually, you know, defense wise, like defense wise, it might be actually a little bit more difficult, especially early in the season, playing yeah. in Europe. For a young guy too. For a young guy, they don't give a shit about it. No, they're they, smoking cigarettes they're smoking on the bench. They're halftime and they're yeah. coming out and cracking just cracking you. you. <laughs> yeah. And you know they, they don't call as, as many ticky tack fouls as they do in the NBA. I mean, dude, you watch the NBA sometimes, you're just like, what are they even looking yeah. at? Yeah, it's it's very reputational. It's very it slows down the game. But again, they're scoring a lot of points, so I think that's what the fans want. I think that's what the owners want. You know, a lot of offense. They don't want a thug ball like we saw for a while in the in the '90s. Just a lot of fights, a lot of yeah. Guys people, getting people knocked are on softer their ass. now. Yeah. People are softer now. You know, the parents don't want their kids to yeah. be yeah. Um, in general, people don't want yeah. don't want that. So I get that. I kind of agree with you on Luca. I want to see him in the playoffs. I want to see yeah. Trey Young in the playoffs. I always so want I, to see him in the playoffs. Yeah. You want to see what they do if they're going to do that in the playoffs? I'll be like, wow, because and again, we're not, I don't want to get off the subject too much because Luca's doing a good job. But I want to see them in the playoffs. Because, you know, the Hawks are not that good of a team. So I, I, I'm i still, my jury's still a little open on Trey Young. I think he is really good. Tr- uh, trust me, I do really think he is. But I want to, like you said, see it later in the season and in the playoffs. So then here's going, we're going to social media leading to my second question. We see all these these guys, uh, social media experts. I call them ding, they're ding-dongs. Luka is a lot better than I thought. Luka, man, Luka fooled me. All these comments. My question to you, Devin, is why are you saying that when, according, like you said, he was a pro in Europe, you never saw him. So right. why are you saying he's better or worse than you thought or he's living up to better expectations? What what are people getting? What are, what are, what are people doing here? Uh, they're, they're doing what is going to be engraved on your headstone when Ronnie, little Ronnie Flores is no longer with us. People say dumb stuff on Twitter every day. Yeah. That's just that's just the nature that, of the that's beast. The nature of Twitter. People give their opinions, whether they're um, based informed in fact, or not. informed yeah. or not. Uh, clearly, those those um, opinions were not informed. Like, here's the thing: I didn't say anything about Luka Doncic before I saw him play in the NBA because I didn't see him, him not playing the NBA. Right. Correct. Like, how am I supposed to form an opinion on a player when you're watching, you know, a couple of clips of highlights of a Euroleague game? Correct. For me, if you weren't really ingrained on it, like on Draft Express or something, really divulging even, his highlights, even, even you then, didn't see, you didn't see, you didn't see. So even, what are you saying? Even then, highlights are just yeah. highlights are highlights. You don't yeah. see the whole package. Like sure. I, I will never, you know, write a, a scouting report on a player that I don't see in person. Sure. Some people look at scouting, like look at highlights and be like, "Oh yeah, this is yeah. <laughs> this is what he does well." What are you even talking about? Yeah. Like I need at least five actual games. To Got really it. see that's what I how have, good a kid is. That's what I have the problem. That's why with. I go to all these these tournaments yeah. I go to. Yeah, it's because I need to see these guys in multiple atmospheres. Whether it's a league game that matters or an early season tournament that maybe a kid's taking you know taking a day off or whatever or thinks like oh this team's this team sucks I'm gonna yeah. you know play play down to coast. their level I'm gonna yeah. coast. That's why I do what I do and see all these different venues. Makes but, sense. 
It was just, I mean, that whole just, Luka Doncic thing was just, I mean, it was driven by something that we don't need to get into. Yeah, it's just driven by fear, hate, uh, yeah, in, un, being uninformed, uh, picking sides, you know, yeah, having, wanting an American yeah. player to right to push American players over uh, Euro players, Euro right. players, because I I don't understand saying too much about him. Maybe he says some high, say, hey, he's pretty good, or I think he's a little slow, but. Clearly, he's not low Clear, slow. But clearly, it don't matter. <laughs> yeah. He's already getting close to one of the top five to seven players in the league, it looks like, yeah. statistics-wise. So, yeah, guys, if you didn't seen somebody, at least in a full tape game, the whole game, and a few games, and if, and definitely if you didn't see him in person. Don't form an opinion. Just don't. Just leave your opinion out of it. It don't mean anything. Yeah. So don't apologize. People, quit apologizing about Luca. Doesn't matter. You didn't see him play when yeah. he was 17 or 18. <laughs> so don't worry about it. Nobody's worried that you, you got it wrong because you didn't get it wrong because you didn't get nothing. Yeah, you yeah. had nothing. So let it go when it comes to that. Ooh, that's a nice way to end this. I got let a rant go. and you got a rant. I yeah, like this. Yeah, let um, it go. If you guys want more rants and more basketball takes and all that good stuff, uh, you know, hit us up on SoundCloud, uh, iTunes, Spotify, wherever you prefer to get your podcast stream from. Uh, but until next week, Ronnie, we are out of here. Thank you guys so much for listening in to the In the Paint Show presented by Ball is Life. And we will talk to you again next week. 